How y'all doing this morning? Y'all have a good week? Y'all sure? Y'all don't sound real sure. Well, I had a great week, and I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, this morning we're going to be talking about, um, we're still on I Love My Church, but we're talking about um, what I mean, a, a profile. And whenever I looked it up in Webster, the Webster Dictionary Profile is a set, of, a set of data often given in graphic form portraying the significant features of something. And what specifically, I'll be honest, this was not where I was going to go today, but as I was getting ready for today, I said, I need to back up a week, and I need to back up, and we need to talk about the profile of a, of a disciple, a profile of a believer, and what that's supposed to look like so that the world see the true description of what we're supposed to be as believers. And so um, I'm going to name a few names, and I want you to give me the person that comes to your mind that fits this profile. And so this is where y'all have to talk back to me. All right. A uh, movie star is where we're going, something TV, a famous icon person, cowboy. Predominantly John Wayne. Why? Why John Wayne? Because huh? he was the Duke, right? You know, true grit. I mean, you don't get much better than that, you know, or Clint Eastwood when he was on Rawhide. You know, so, so John Wayne, what about um, professional fishermen? Bill Dance. Why Bill Dance? Because, huh? That's right. And so whenever you start thinking, what about a famous um, preacher? Why Billy Graham? Huh? Because he was, right? So what about, um, here's a good one. See how much y'all been paying attention to the internet this week. The Bandit. Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Died this week. I had no idea that dude was 82 years old. Made perfect sense when I read it, but it just didn't seem like that. This is free. I've never wanted a car, but if somebody wanted to give me that black Trans Am... <laughs> I would drive that car. Now, Sheriff Ard would have all of his detail chasing me because the bandit would be alive running through Watson, Louisiana in that car. But it would be fun. So isn't it funny when you think about profiles of people, there are certain names that come to you like that, right? So what would happen if we're in Johnny's Grocery or if we're in Oak Point or Walmart or we're standing somewhere else and somebody was to say, what's a believer look like, a true believer? Is your picture going to come to their mind? Is your face or your name going to come to their mind and say, you know something? That's somebody that chases after God. But you know what? I think too many times we say, well, you know, I can't attain that. But we really can. But it's total opposite of what the world sells us. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 5. But as you're turning to Matthew 5, I'm going to ask Casey to, um, to play a video that I found that um, kind of gives a description of a disciple. I am a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. I am a disciple of His. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. I'm finished with low living, sight walking, smooth knees, colorless dreams, painted visions, mundane talking, and dwarf goals. I don't have to be right, first, top, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on His presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My faith is set, my gate is fast, 
My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My companions few. My guide reliable. My mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, or negotiate at the table of the enemy. I will give up, shut up, let up, until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go until he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problems recognizing me. My banner will be clear. We can go home now, huh? think that's said at all but I won't get paid if I do that so we're going to go to Matthew 5 and we're going to start in verse 1 Matthew 5 verse 1 it says now when Jesus saw the crowds he went up on the mountainside and he sat down and his disciples came to him and he began to teach them blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil, evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they were perse persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, Father. I thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be here this morning. And Father, even right now, I ask that you just show us, Father, what that profile looks like to be your disciple, Father, to be your follower, and Father, to chase after you. Father, we love you. Son's name I pray. Amen. You know, when you read that scripture and as you read it, you know, a lot of times people will read that and think, well, they're talking about a weak person. You know, this is somebody... That's just weak in stature, but that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about what Christ himself modeled for us. And I don't think my God was weak, and I don't think my God was weak in stature. I think my God was a man's man that lived the way he should. And so what he's telling his disciples and telling us here today is how we should live and what our profile should look like whenever we do that. But you know what? A lot of times we miss that. You know, because we all want to be happy, right? But I think a lot of us, we want that um, Happy Meal happiness or that Cracker Jack happiness. Does that make sense? When your kids was little or when we was little, what did we want? When you went to McDonald's, you wanted a Happy Meal, right? Had nothing to do with the meal. It had all to do with that little trinket that they put in that box. You know, still today, if I buy, I love Cracker Jacks. If I buy a bag of Cracker Jacks and bag, they're not in a box no more, which that disappoints me because it was easier to dump them in your mouth when it was in a box. But anyway, when you buy Cracker Jacks, why do you buy Cracker Jacks? It has nothing to do with the caramel corn and peanuts. It has to do with the little prize that's in there, right? And so, but that's what a lot of us, we live for that momentary happiness. 
Because the world tells us that, that all we need is the perfect job, the perfect house, the perfect family, and then we're going to have everything together. But that's not so, is it? Because what? You know, money don't buy happiness. Money only buys things. God gives us happiness. God gives us joy. And that's what he's saying at the end of that scripture. And so today I want to talk about something that's more than just a, a happy meal happiness, you know. And so whenever you look, you know, in the very, at the beginning, it said, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, what's it mean to be poor in spirit? It don't, it's not talking about walking around with your head down sad. You know, it's not talking about being miserable. You know, it's not being physically poor. You know, what does it mean? It means that we recognize who God is and recognize that we're sinners and we recognize that we need him. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. You know, and so whenever you keep looking, you know, turn to Luke 18 real quick. Turn to Luke chapter 18, and we're going to skip down to verse 9. Luke 18, verse 9. It says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, because Jesus told them this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers and evildoers and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at the distance and he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so, you know, what's that scripture telling us? It's all in the attitude. It's all that guy, whenever he stood there and prayed, he recognized, I'm nothing. God, I'm a sinner. God, I don't deserve to look to heaven. God, I need you to forgive me. But there's a lot of people that whenever we stand and we'll judge, and I'm just being honest, we'll look and say, well, you know something? I got it together better than Donald Turner, so I'm going to make it. And that's not what God's calling us to do. God's calling us to look at him, and he's calling us to say, you know something, God, I need you. God, I need you more than I need anything else. And so, you know, when it means, whenever I wrote some things, it says whenever... You know, being poor in spirit means it means much more than just being humble. It means much more than being polite. It means much more than being patient and much more than being kind. It's when we recognize that we're a sinner in the hands of our loving Father. It's when we recognize who we really are. And just like that song that we sang right there at the end, honestly, it's whenever we say, God, I'm giving you everything. God, I'm giving you everything so that I can have you. And that's what it means. And so, you know, we move down a little bit more, and it said, Blessed are those who mourn. If we go back over into Matthew, and we'll be flipping back and forth. But if we go back into Matthew, and, you, and it says, Blessed are those who mourn. You know, what does that mean? What's it mean to mourn? You know, let's just get real honest. When's the last time that your heart was broke for the world out there or the world in here that don't know him? When was the last time that you wept over somebody that didn't know the Lord? You know, when's the last time you've done that? You know, and a lot of times, again, we think of, of crying and we think of weep, 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 
weeping is a sign of weakness, and it's not. Because it takes courage to be who you are, and it takes courage to stand up for God, and it takes courage to look at the world and say, you know something, that world needs you, God. What can I do? God, I'm just a sinner. God, I'm nothing. God, I need you. But that's what the world needs to see. They don't need to see the proud person beating their chest like tars and saying, I've got it together, God. I'm better than the rest of this. Because that's not going to be what the world needs to see to come to him. You know, the world needs to see meekness and it needs to see those that mourns, you know. And what else does it need to see whenever you start looking? It, needs, then it goes down and says, blessed are the meek. You know, what's the definition of meek? It means showing patience and humility, gentleness, mildness, unresisting, peaceful, passive. When we realize that God is in control and we give him everything and say, God, my will is your will. God, what you want is what I want. God, I want to see through your eyes. God, I want to see through your heart. God, I want to see through your lens. I want what you want. And whenever we get to that point that we can do that, our profile is starting to shape more in the shape of what a disciple should be. And that way it's starting to shape so that more whenever people look at us, they say, you know something, that, that's somebody that's chasing after God. You know, this person, they believe in God. Look at them. Look at whenever I look at them, look at what I see. But, you know, whenever you're building those relationships with people, I had a conversation just here recently with somebody, you know, and whenever the person made this comment, you know, and I kind of stopped and I listened, they said, do we have to have an invitation to show up at church? And at first I, I, I physically laughed, and then I saw they were serious, and I said, you know something, what are we portraying to the world that they think that we're a country club and they have to be by invitation to come? That's not what it's about. That's not the profile that we're living. You know, and, and as I stood there, you know, and as we talked more, you know, God just was really working in that moment. But we have to have that profile of what that means, you know. And, you know, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and troubled, burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and I will restore and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know, there's times we just get tired. You know, there's times that there's days that we just say, you know, God, I can't do this. And God's saying, I've got you. I've got you. Put my yoke on. I've got you. You know, and the other thing, you know, is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, whenever we really hunger and when we really thirst for righteousness and when we're really chasing after God, you know, and some of y'all heard my story. I, I shared um, about going to Houston, and I went to Houston and was um, over and um, doing a, a D-nail with Casey Belgard. And as Casey had asked me, he said, well, I come over a day early and do some training with his workers that was going to be leading it, some of his young adults. And so I got over there, and one of the f I, I didn't know the majority of these, um, these young people. You know, they was all early 20s, mid-20s the majority of them, and as I walked in and we was eating supper, you know, and, and I was just kind of gauging, you know, the, the, the crowd, for lack of better words, and I said, you know something, I want to share my story. So I shared my testimony with the whole group, 
And at the end of it, I said words, and, and I haven't never said these words again because something changed right there that night. I said, you know something? I don't have much of a testimony because I've never done drugs, I've never done alcohol, and I've never had these kind of addictions. So my story's really boring. And I made that statement, and, and that's the way I thought. That's really the way I thought. And so a, a guy walked up, and, and when, he, when Logan walked up to me, you know, he tatted. And when I say jailhouse tats, it was literally jailhouse tats. He had been in prison. And he walked up. He said, he said Pastor, he said, can I, can I hug you? And my immediate thought was, just don't stab me because this dude looked bad. I mean, we're inner city Houston, you know. And, and so he wrapped his arms around me, and as he was hugging me, he literally started sobbing. He said, I wish I had your story. And I looked at him, and I said, what do you mean? He said, because if I had your story, he said, I wouldn't have served 15 years in prison. If I had your story, I wouldn't have watched my older brother die in my arms because our gang boss killed him. He said, if I had your story, then my influence with people would be different. And it broke me. And immediately I had to leave and go thank God for my story. Because I have a story that a lot of people don't have. But it used, he used a guy that was broken to break me even worse. And it shaped my profile even more as a believer. Because as, I, as he stood there and as we talked, and, and we still, this has been years ago, we still message back and forth on Facebook. And, you know, and he's chasing after God. And he's trying to do the right things and raise his family in, in, around a, in a godly family. But that weekend, me and him bonded. And too many times, you know, whenever if we go back over to where we was at in Luke, and we skip down and where it says, and a Pharisee stood and prayed, and he stood by himself and he prayed, says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. That shouldn't be our prayer. Our prayer should be, God, show me how I can reach these people. God, give me your heart to see the way you see. God, give me the desire. God, give me that want to, to want to chase after you in such a way that this becomes a priority in our life and not just something we dust off on Sunday mornings and we find from laying under McDonald bags in our truck when we get here. Make it so that this is our desire, that God, we want to chase after God and we want to read this and we want to see and we want to learn to pray like the tax collector when he said, I'm not even worthy to look at you. God, have mercy on me. Give us that desire to where we want to chase after God. And our profile becomes that of a humble person, a meek person, a person that mourns for the things that God mourns for. Give us the heart to where we're chasing after him in such a way that as we're doing these things, that people can't help but notice. There's something different. There's something, look at that person. There's something different about them. Not that they have it together. Not that they're wealthy, not that they're dirt poor, not that, you know, and we can name these things, but there's something different. They have a joy. Even in the midst of, of things crashing in around us, there's a peace about them. Because the world throws stuff at us. You know, life happens. You know, death happens. You know, tragedy happens. You know, we're coming up on 9-11, you know, and I was reading a crazy, and I thought it was crazy, 
that there's kids that are finishing high school that wasn't even born whenever that happened. You know, that aged a lot of us. But because of that tragedy, it brought America back together right there, didn't it? Why? Because the focus, people realized, I need God. But what we need as a church is to be able to say, I love my church. I love my God. So that the world sees that, you know something, it's not through tragedy. It's in the good times that they see people that need God too. They see people that are chasing after God. But you know, how do we do it? We get in our word. We read. We pray. We build fellowship with people. But then we hang out. And we sit on sides of trailers. Or we go drink coffee at Story's Grocery. I don't drink coffee, but I'll drink a Diet Coke. But you do these things. Don't beat our chest. But let people see God in us. And that's what it's about. And it's about everyday life. You know, as we live, you know, it's not just a 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings. I'm a believer. It's a 8 o'clock last night when LSU's playing. We're a believer. Or Friday evening, we're a believer. Does that make sense? But it takes our hearts being humble. And it takes us being meek. And it takes us being poor in spirit to realize that we're nothing without God. We're nothing without God. The older I get, you know, the more I realize that I need God. The older I get, the more I realize that God has to direct everything. I, I was riding up the road the other day, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't help but think, you know, God, I don't have a lot of regrets, but I wish I would have chased you harder 30 years ago. But I can't go back and undo that. So I'm going to chase you hard now. And I stay in trouble with people sometimes because they say, you need to slow down. No, I don't need to slow down. One day when God calls me home, I'm going to rest. But right now there's a job to do. And so I want my profile to be that of a believer. I want my profile to be in such a way that when people look at Johnny Morgan, they don't see Johnny Morgan, they see God. And that's hard. And it takes work. But it takes meekness. It takes mourning. It takes humbleness. And it takes walking consistently. All of us know those logos that I mentioned earlier. All of us know those logos. I think there's a lot of us that are ripping that bag open of Cracker Jack and we're looking for that little trinket in there. And we're not seeing the big picture. And the big picture is God's love and His mercy and His grace. And it's God sending His Son to live and die and come back for us so that we have that story you know and so whenever you start living as you start doing you know it's not complicated you know whenever whenever you read that in Matthew it's not complicated to really do you know he's not asking you to 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 save and and to to be successful in a world listen to these words again blessed are the poor in spirit and theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because they're because of righteousness for the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all thing, all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way the persecuted, the way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's not rocket science. It's just being humble. It's just seeking God. It's just knowing who he is. You know, but some of us, we need to get over ourselves. Think, well, I'm not all that in a box of crackers. just a believer. I'm just seeking God. And live like that. You know, whenever you start looking at these things, you know, one of the things that, that I was thinking about, you know, whenever you start looking at even like meekness, some of us, we need to learn to forgive as the Lord forgave us. You know, some of us, we need to stop retaliating. We need to stop, you know, Gossiping about people. And as you go back through, you know, we, we need to be much more than just being kind. Much more than just being polite. Much more than just being patient. Much more than just being humble. We need to submit ourselves to God. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then, then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Hear those words. If you come near to him, he'll come near to us. And as he does that, our profile starts reshaping. And our profile starts changing. And whenever we start thinking of Cowboy John Wayne, you know, preacher Billy Graham, believer Johnny Morgan, believer, put your name in that box. And then our profile is going to be in such a way that the world sees God. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you. Father, and I thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for, Father, just for being you. Father, and I just ask right now, Father, that you give us your heart. Father, that right now, Father, you break our heart. Father, that you break our heart in such a way that we have to see you. Father, for some of us, our heart needs to be broke for the very first time. Father, for some of us, we need to come to you this morning and ask you for forgiveness. Father, and ask you to become the Lord of our life for real. Father, for some of us, it might be that this morning, that the step that we need to take, Father, is to be obedient to baptism. Father, for some of us, Father, we need to come put our stuff at your feet and say, God, take this so that I can be closer to you.
Father, for some of us this morning, Father, we need to make Live Oak our home. Father, this morning, Father, show us what needs to be reshaped in our profile to look more like you. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Just be obedient to how God's calling this morning.